Hello, this is Dr. Susan Blum, and today we will be mapping arthritis on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Dr. Susan Blum. Susan Blum, MD, is a nationally recognized speaker, author, and teacher. As founder and director of Blum Center for Health, and through her patient care, writing, research, and mentoring, she is a passionate advocate for those with chronic illness. Dr. Blum is assistant clinical professor in preventative medicine at the Icon School of Medicine, Mount Sinai, and senior faculty with the Center for Mind-Body Medicine. She is certified in functional medicine and is on the medical advisory board for Genomind and Dr. Oz Show. She's the author of the Immune System Recovery Program and Healing Arthritis and leads programs on bloomhealthmd.com to support people worldwide as they follow the treatment plan outlined in her books. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix, Dr. Blum. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. Me too. Let's dive in and talk about arthritis. You have done extensive research on arthritis, and I'm really excited to map it on the functional nutrition matrix. And I'm wondering if you can start us off today by talking about what exactly arthritis is and then possibly identifying the most common types. I always like to say that arthritis is an itis, and Mm -hmm. so it's swelling pain, redness, and heat is really the medical definition of an itis. And so if you have any of that in your joints, then you technically have arthritis. So redness, swelling, pain, and heat. You can see it very easily in your fingers, let's say, in your hands, your elbows. It's harder to see it in your hips, for example. And so you might actually need help of an x-ray or another diagnostic tool to actually be diagnosed. But if you have redness, swelling, pain, and heat that you visibly see in your joints, then that is arthritis. There's several different kinds. I like to think of it as three buckets of arthritis. Uh, The first is the inflammatory arthritis, which is the autoimmune type, right? The autoimmune inflammatory. So that's rheumatoid arthritis, Mm -hmm. psoriatic arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, and then even the inflammatory arthritis that are undiagnosed, like unknown origin kind of thing, which people think is going to be rheumatoid arthritis someday, right? But it's just your labs are normal, but you have inflammatory arthritis. That's a whole bucket. And then the other big bucket is osteoarthritis. The population-wide belief about osteoarthritis is that it's inevitable, it's wear and tear, you're going to have it. And I have a couple of ideas to dispel that myth, but that's the other big bucket. It is wear and tear, but not everybody is going to have pain in their joints. That pain really does depend a lot on sort of the origins as we look at the matrix of where the inflammation's coming from, right? From elsewhere in the body. And so osteoarthritis is the other big bucket. And then of course we have the third big bucket, which is what we really deal with a lot in our sickest patients in functional medicine, chronic infections, Mm -hmm. things like Lyme disease, things like chronic mold, the whole infectious disease bucket. And so those are very important. And we see a lot of people like that. But in terms of prevalence and the most common chronic 
arthritis conditions, I would say you're looking at rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis as the two big buckets. Interesting. And when you're talking about arthritis as an itis, which of yes. course it is, we can go to so many parts in the central part of the matrix or the soup of the matrix. Before we do, can you speak into any known antecedents? Are there things that predispose us other than the infections to the occurrence of this itis? There's actually many antecedents when we start looking at the root causes of where the origins of inflammation happen in the body. There's like the setup for how you end up here. There's the modern American diet, which not only directs levels of inflammation directly, but indirectly, it changes your gut microbiome and will affect your sort of levels of inflammation via the gut microbiome. There's trauma and stress. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of discussion about this ACEs right. score, you know, so adverse much. childhood events. Exactly. And so antecedent, you know, what's the history? What was the childhood? What was even more recent history of any trauma, any chronic intense amounts of stress or just long-term low grade stress, right? Stress will alter the microbiome and will also damage the immune system directly. And then, of course, history of digestive issues. You mm. know, maybe you had a lot of antibiotics as a kid, ear infections. So setups for altered gut microbiome, of which there's a whole sort of long list for that. But the most common is really, I always ask for history of sort of antibiotic use or even reflux and antacids and PPIs, other kinds of medication, other things in the history that will suggest a damaged gut microbiome. We really then do go over to that GI node of the matrix yes. as both, you know, an antecedent and a trigger that yes. can be inflaming the joints in the body. We're certainly talking about structural integrity when we're talking about the joints. Anything else we should be looking at there that's impacted when somebody has arthritis? Absolutely. So we're looking at immune and inflammatory balance, especially in autoimmune disease, right? You have a right. whole imbalance in the function functioning of the immune system, the T regulators aren't working, yep. you've got an upregulation of a whole segment of T helper cells. So you have an immune balance, you definitely have a gut microbiome issue. And the structural integrity actually extends as well to the intestinal lining, right? right. So you have a whole leaky gut piece, as well as the structure and function of the joint capsule itself. I love oxidative stress. It's like one of my favorite new things to talk about. We think of oxidative stress in the world of mitochondria, but actually there's fascinating research looking at oxidative stress as the fundamental trigger of osteoarthritis. Mm. Because what happens is on the surface of the cartilage inside the joint capsule, the first things that start happening is too much free radical damage, right? Mm. So what's oxidative stress? It's yep. sort of an imbalance between a lot of free radicals and not enough antioxidants, right? right to right. put out those little embers. And so you have oxidative stress as the first damaging sort of activity that's happening on the surface inside your joints, which then turns into inflammation and joint damage. And so oxidative stress is a really important thing. And actually in my book, Healing Arthritis, I devote a whole section to oxidative stress because it's one of these things that I measure and I follow in all my people with arthritis. And another piece to that is the really exciting research looking at osteoarthritis now is looking at it as a metabolic disease associated with obesity, metabolic syndrome, body fat, right? Mm -hmm. Inflammatory belly fat. And they're actually finding leptin as an inflammatory mm -hmm. cytokine inside the joint capsules and triggering oxidative stress inside the joints. So really cool stuff. So definitely oxidative stress is an important node. The mind-body-spirit piece, stress is often a triggering event. It's like the terrain and ecosystem of the body 
has been set up by all the antecedents, you know, maybe the diet and you have dysbiosis already and it's a little leaky gut and that's already there. But then some big stressful event comes and people have a flare, yep. they develop symptoms. Stress will often come along and derail people as they're in the middle of getting better as well. Stress is that tipping point. A tipping point of the last straw, you know, on the camel's back, however right. you want to think about it. But absolutely important. I could probably find something on every note here, but exactly. I, I would say that those are the big ones. Everybody needs to understand the environmental input because some people also have toxins that are triggering inflammation for them, depending on what kind of arthritis. But we're really looking for all sources of inflammation because systemic inflammation ends up in the joints is yes. really what happens with arthritis. And in the inflammatory autoimmune, you're really looking at the gut. The most research looks at the gut and leaky gut and gut arthritis connection. There's so much research showing that connection and even the pathophysiology for how it works and how it happens. In osteoarthritis, the gut is important, but there's also the newest research looking at sort of the metabolic issues. And then you're also looking at any other sources of inflammation, you want to make yes. sure you clean up and address. When you're talking about measurements for oxidative stress, do you have some particular favorite labs that you're using to determine oxidative stress or other key markers in arthritis? Yes. And very simple, right? We don't have to overthink this because the research is really good. So when you look at, especially in rheumatoid arthritis, a lot of studies, the markers that we used were urine lipid peroxide. That's easy to get. It's in an organic acids test. Yep. 8-OHDG, that's also an organic acids test. So those are two really simple markers. F2 isoprostane is also an excellent one that's been validated as a measurement that you can do to follow. All these things I'm sharing as markers have been shown to improve as people improve in the studies. That's important. One of my favorite tests that's covered by insurance is Cleveland Heart Labs. Cleveland Heart Labs has an amazing inflammation panel. It has oxidized LDL. It has F2 isoprostane and it has myeloperoxidase. So it doesn't have those urine organic acids, you know, the lipid peroxide and right. 8-OHDG, but it has its own sort of inflammation panel, which have oxidative stress markers, which are validated markers for measuring oxidative stress in the blood. So if people can't pay, you know, out of pocket for urine organic acids, you can, through Quest or LabCorp, I'm in New York, you can send people to Cleveland Heart Labs through those labs and it's covered by insurance and they have an amazing inflammation oxidative stress panel. And for any type of clinician, there's so much work we can do to clean up, clear those muddy waters like you were talking, recognize an itis if somebody has a diagnosis and do the dietary and lifestyle cleanup, which brings me to the mediators. And the mediators in the left side of the matrix, of course, relate to everything we can do on the right side of the matrix. So what can you take us through there in terms of diet, lifestyle, particulars? You already talked about, you know, probiotics, foods are likely necessary, anti-inflammatory diet. We talked about stress. What about some of these other key factors, water, exercise, movement? I think that what's helped me a lot is to, in thinking about just lifestyle and mediators, is really to think of the body as an ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And it's really the long-term little things you do, right? And these aren't so little, but it's an accumulation of all the long-term ways you're going to create resiliency, you're going to live a life of balance. Your whole body's an ecosystem, and then right. you have the additional 
ecosystem yep. of the gut. And so I always say your day starts the night before. So I think sleep is absolutely essential. I work with people to make sure you're setting a bedtime, like helping your people make sure they're sleeping is so important. And so we end up addressing yes. tools to help them sleep, all totally. the sleep hygiene at night and yep. like really, really non-negotiable. And I use a lot of herbs and I use valerian passion flower blends. I use melatonin. I'm actually using a lot of CBD now mm -hmm. at night to help yep. my most anxious people having trouble sleeping, telling them to journal at night, really brainstorming, like download your brain before you go to bed, yep. you know, and I can't emphasize that enough in terms of your stress system. That's when everything rebalances and heals itself. So sleep is key, relaxation practice, exercise. It's all important. Like there's nothing there that that's not. Nutrition, I don't know that we have time to go into the different food plans, but what I will say is to make sure to differentiate between what's the therapeutic plans yes. that we often all start with at the yep. beginning and where we're going, yep. like where are we heading, what's the long-term best way to eat for lowering inflammation and for treating arthritis and for improving the gut microbiome, which is what I think is central for healing arthritis. The studies are very very clear that a Mediterranean, vegan, vegetarian, which is really a plant-based kind of whole foods diet, is really the long-term best food plan. And then you can always look at sort of at the beginning with your therapeutic while you're healing your gut. You might need to take some of those food groups out right. while you're working on healing. And everybody has a different plan for how restrictive yes. it needs to be. But we all agree about quality, 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 quality of your fats, your carbs, and your protein, whichever yes. one's whichever ratio you're choosing to eat them in, getting rid of the processed food. The Mediterranean is really a lot of extra virgin, first cold-pressed olive oil, polyphenols, fiber, antioxidants. It's a plant-based diet. I love that you said your day starts the night before. That's yes. a beautiful way of putting it. And it's true. Sleep is so key. And yes. I just have a big smile on my face because we get so stuck in the therapeutic diets and following them to a script instead of the yes. bio-individuality. We also don't realize how many nutrient deficiencies we're inducing on these restrictive diets when yes. they're done for a long time. So I love that you're speaking into that. Any other key findings or myths that you want to debunk or dispel for us about arthritis? I really just want to say that arthritis is not inevitable as we age. And the level of pain that you feel that your patients feel is related to the levels of inflammation in their body. And so there's a lot you can do and we never give up. Love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Blum. Such a treat to spend time with you. Thank you. You too, Andrea. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes my son, Gilbert Nakayama, on sound production, Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook. You can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready and waiting for you, please go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify and we'll drop into your inbox with a short note that that episode is waiting. You have an open invitation to email us. We definitely want to know who you'd like to hear on the podcast and what you'd like to see mapped on the 15-Minute Matrix. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com. <laughs>